Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. How many times have you sat in a meeting and heard someone use the word strategic? As in, we're not being very strategic about X, or we need a strategic plan for Project Y. And if your organization is like most, everyone in the meeting nods sagely, the meeting drones on, people debate endlessly about how to approach the situation at hand, and no one is the wiser as to what strategic really means. Enter my guest, Ruth Urban, founder of the Urban Group based in Henderson, Nevada. She holds a master's degree and has many years of senior management experience in both the public and private sectors. Ruth is a lifetime member of both the International Association for Public Participation and the International Association of Facilitators. She uses her skills to tap the wisdom in the room to address most organizational and team challenges and uses those same skills to make workshops, retreats, strategic planning sessions, and training very engaging and interactive. Well, with that, welcome, Ruth. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Well, let's start this conversation by you defining what being strategic actually means. Strategic really comes from the vision, the vision of the organization or the vision of the business in terms of really what they want to accomplish in the end. And that really is what drives being strategic, is well thought out, well planned, and not just shooting from the hip in terms of someone planning their business or their organization. To me, that's what being strategic is, is being driven by vision. So oftentimes, you're a professional, you know, certified facilitator, and of course I've known you quite a while and have experienced the work that you do. And so one of the most interesting things is, you know, and typically I'm guessing when you go into an organization and you have a room full of people, you have to spend some time to really understand what is that vision of the organization because most people, if you ask the 10 people in a room, think or say something different. Exactly. Um, And often what I do with a team or a group or an organization, it could be a board of directors, um, is ask them to really think kind of outside of the box. What do they want to have uh, the headline say about their organization two years from now? That really helps them think through creating a vision, is what do they want the organization to be known for, um, to be talked about within the community, to be talked about within the profession that they're in um, nationally, and really think big about what is it that they want to be known for two years, three years from now. And that really helps them develop a vision. And then I have them share that vision with each other, and they can steal ideas from one another, and then really help solidify in their mind what the vision is for their company or organization, because this works as well in the 
for-profit as non-profit uh, segment of the community. If you don't know where you're trying to get to, it's it's hard to get there, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. You need to you have to have a something you're aiming at um, to get there, and that really is what drives strategic planning. Is what is your goal in mind? What are you aiming for? Right, and so you know a lot of companies. You know, even the bigger ones, of course, you know, they spend a lot of time on what is their vision, what is their mission, and they kind of understand the principles. A lot of the smaller organizations, especially in the nonprofit world, but even the for-profit companies in this this time of, of growth that we're going to be experiencing in the state of Nevada, it's critical that, you know, someone like yourself is brought into an organization to start to solidify what is that vision, and as you said, where do you want to be two, three, five years down the road, right? Exactly. And you don't want to plan too far out, but far out enough that um, you can create those goals um, and be very mindful of the fact that things change. And so it's real hard when someone says, well, I want to do a five-year strategic plan. I usually encourage people to look at two years, three years out. Um, You know, the recession that we all experienced was a total game changer. So uh, organizations and companies couldn't really plan too far out because they really didn't know when we were going to bounce back and how long the recession was going to last. So when things were stable, it was easier for organizations to plan um, two, three, four years, even five years out, but no longer. Right, because things are changing rapidly. So, you know, one of the things that I've really come to understand when you – you spend some time really understanding where it is you're trying to get to, then part of what you really help companies um, figure out from that point is when we talk about what does it mean to be strategic, do you find that part of their comment is that, you know, now it's so much easier to make decisions around what we're doing because we know the direction we're going. Exactly. I think it's a lot easier because things have bounced back and there's some stability in predicting a bit of the future. Not long range, but short range. So I think people are more on solid ground than they were, you know, two, three years ago when you really didn't know what was going to happen, especially with revenue, revenue coming in from sales or donations for nonprofits. People really didn't know what was going to happen in that regard. Right. So, you know, that's why I do like the word strategic, because now if I've spent time with someone like you, Ruth, who, you know, really helps you define what your vision is, what is the path, the direction that you want to get and be on. And now from that, when we talk about, you know, sitting in rooms full of people and we're talking about, you know, how are we going to grow our business and those things, then it makes a lot more sense and it's a lot easier to start what would be next would be the strategic plan. Exactly. And so once, you know, I understand here is the plan around, and we're going to talk about in some of our uh, other segments that are going to come up, how we get to effective strategic planning. But I really want to kind of finish on this 
this thought about we're in a time where we are a little bit more stable, and you see this in the for-profit and the non-profit world. How many companies out there are still kind of floundering because they're not giving this much thought? They're not truly strategically thinking ahead. Well, I, I think we really saw this in, you know, when the recession hit and people were using all their available resources to just stay alive. Um, and they really haven't bounced back to think about putting money now into strategically planning and doing the kinds of things that they um did you know that they used to do in terms of putting money into staff training you know that sort of went by the wayside during the recession so did strategic planning go by the wayside and so companies now and nonprofits are thinking you know now we really need to look at um how we're operating, how we need to operate in the future, um, even how we need to help recession-proof ourselves. And that's all part of strategic planning. So they're really now looking at investing some money in hiring someone like me, a certified professional facilitator, to help them do strategic planning. You know, that kind of available funds were not, you know, there. Um, People were just trying to survive. And now they're you know, out of that just survival mode into a thriving mode and can look at investing money in strategic planning. You see the results because you are a professional, but truly, what are the benefits? So let's take company A that is just, you know, living day to day and company B, which is out there doing the work to really strategize about where they would like to see themselves in a year or two down the road. What are some of those results that your clients have experienced? Well, I think what they've seen is the power of everyone getting together to really analyze and look at, you know, the lessons that they've learned from what they've gone through, you know, really focusing on what their accomplishments are as well as what the challenges that lay ahead so they can best put themselves in a position to grow their organization or their company from the experience that they've had. And um, that has really helped people um, improve their bottom line. Um, whether it's their bottom line from nonprofits in terms of increasing their donors or it's the bottom line from increasing sales revenue. Um, that has really helped organizations because they have a plan to follow and they have accountabilities that are built within that plan to sort of hold people's feet to the fire to make sure that they're following the plan and accomplishing what they have said they will would do right. and how they would do it. Well, and, and like I uh, touched on just earlier, you know, decision-making, because if your vision is two years from now that your expectation is you're going to need to hire 10 more people, it allows you to think through today what are the resources or space or whatever it is you're going to need to be able to accomplish that goal instead of two years from now going, oh, my gosh, we got to hire 10 people. Right. And and even, you know, drilling down deeper is what are the attributes they're looking for in these people and what are the gaps they need to analyze. They need to analyze the gaps they need to fill so that they know that they're filling the right positions and picking the right people for those positions. 
So it is all those things, including what you mentioned. Do they have size, you know, space to grow? Um, are they in the right location to grow? You know, who are they aiming for in terms of pulling in as clients and looking at the big picture as well as all the little details that go into making it successful? Right, exactly. Well, Ruth, we have to go to break. We come back. I'm going to pick up because I want to learn more about your mindset around strategic planning. So join us with Ruth Urban, founder of The Urban Group. We'll be right back. This is Billy Riggs, author of Megatudes and the world's only disillusionist. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is the wealth protection diva. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. This is Brett Simmons from Reno, Nevada. You're listening to the fantastic Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she is the real deal. Thank you, Sherry. Typical in my experience is that people often propose solutions to problems before they're clear on what the problem is. Individuals do it, teams do it, companies do it. For instance, how often have you sat in a meeting and listened while people argue the merits of various courses of action? All too often, the reason people feel so strongly about very different solutions is that they have very different implicit assumptions about the problem. My guest, Ruth Urban, founder of the Urban Group LLC, a certified personal facilitator, obtained her specialized certification through the International Association of Facilitators, provides a wide range of expert facilitation services to businesses, organizations, nonprofits, and government programs to help them with strategic planning, process improvement, and employee and leadership development. For more information, check out our website at ruthurbangroup.com. So Ruth, welcome back. Thank you. As a professional facilitator, and of course, key as to why folks should retain one if they truly want to enhance their capacity to work together and achieve productive outcomes, is the fact that you are excellent at drilling down and discovering the real problem, the core challenge in a given situation. So please talk about what you know and what I certainly know from personal experience that a huge amount of time, energy, and resources are totally wasted when folks come together and do just that, start solving problems before they even know where they should actually begin. And I think that's a real key piece, is that people think they know the answers, but they really don't know what the problem is to start with. 
And oftentimes, organizations and businesses hire a consultant or a facilitator to come in and tell them what they need to do when the answers really lie within the the people themselves. They really know what the solutions are, but they don't really know what they're solving. Um, So it's really helpful and key to really know what the challenges are and what the problems are that they're experiencing and what the root cause is of many of those problems. So oftentimes when I start with an organization, for-profit or non-profit, I either do personal interviewing of the key personnel, including the people in the trenches, or do a confidential survey so that I understand from their point of view what they see some of the problems are and some of the challenges are. And I'll give an example of that. I did some work um, actually in a local emergency room helping the organization with um, team building, excuse me, team building. And, um, you know, the, uh, the management had concerns about team building, um, and the real issue wasn't team building, it was morale. And the focus needed to change from team building to building morale, two very different things. Right. So that's, a, to me, a good example of um, making assumptions that aren't correct because the root cause of what was presenting wasn't investigated and drilled down to find out what really was the issue, not what the assumed issue was. Right. Well, and and I think you hit it on the head, is that you have the ability as a professional to ask those tough questions to get down to the core and to provide the venue or the avenue for people in a uh, private and confidential way to really tell the truth, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's about getting to the truth. And from that, creating that space where everybody can be heard. And, And that's a real key piece. And the piece related to confidentiality is very important, is that people feel that I'm trustworthy and that they can sort of bear their soul and that it will remain confidential. And so that's when oftentimes you really get to what the meat of the issues are Um, rather than someone just telling you what they think you want to hear because they're concerned about, you know, their bosses or management or the board of directors, um, you know, learning something that they've disclosed that could injure their... um, employment or their career. Uh, So that key is really uh, building it within a confidential environment and that they feel that they can trust you. Well, and then the way that you bring it into the facilitation process, so it's not finger pointing or blaming or whatever, it becomes that space where now people can talk about it and Really, as you said, then to start to look at it and go, what are some of the the core issues like that have to be solved before we can move into strategic planning, right? So if there's right, a morale right. issue, obviously when you get everybody in that same room, there's going to be some issues. And how you move them to communication or effective communication is critical 
Right, and also helping them see what their role is in solving it. Uh, not that it's just someone else's problem that needs to be solved, but what is their role and responsibility in uh, having a better outcome. Well, and also, you know, part of your facilitation is that to make sure that everybody is heard. Exactly, and and that really is, a cha- as a facilitator, very challenging because you have, you know, lots of different personality types and you have people who are very introverted and it's difficult for them to express themselves um, in groups sometimes. And so sometimes that also is helpful um, to be able to approach it in a way that's comfortable for them to share what their thoughts and feelings are. And often I do, and you experience this, is break people into small groups and have them work in small groups because much more can be accomplished when uh, you've got a large number of people and you break them into smaller groups. They can work faster and they can work in a much more comfortable way uh, for them, particularly the introverts. Well, and also what I discovered through that process is when you work in smaller groups, things that you don't even think about are showing up, right? So it's amazing what these different groups come up with for, you know, problem solving or whatever you're trying to get to in this strategic planning process. And so it's fascinating to me because you're like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Didn't even think about that. But in a big group setting, people only feed off of the ideas shared and it doesn't really allow for individual or tiny group think, right? You know what I'm right. saying? <laughs> yeah. Right. And and it's also very difficult in a large group when you have people who are trying to dominate the conversation for everybody to have a chance to express their um, ideas and their thoughts. So, you know, there's some facilitation techniques that are very helpful in um, helping there be um, some um, kind of equality in terms of uh, people being able to express themselves and get their ideas out. And the small groups help. The other piece that helps, and you experience this, is the private brainstorm. And where people um, are asked certain questions or asked to analyze certain things and come up with their thinking about it um, individually and then share that with their smaller group and then the smaller group um, looks at commonality and then shares that with the larger group. Right. And what's amazing to me is how fast the process actually goes. And part of why, you know, I recommend to people that they hire professional facilitators, because, you know, when we talk about, you know, as I set up this segment, you know, people always want to move into solution, right? And you discover there's a lot more undercurrent or things that have to be solved. And if you can get through that more quickly then you have more time to really strategize and really now to build that team environment where everyone feels like they're a part of the solution. Right. And, and I use that expression about go slow to go fast. So the slow part is doing that analysis, but very, very worthwhile because that allows you then to go fast. Um, if you've done and taken the time to really do that analysis and really know and understand what some of the root causes are 
uh, are of uh, what the organization is experiencing rather than focus on fixing it before you really know what the problem is. Right. And so, yeah, I, I can remember, you know, going through the process with you. And I mean, I was just stunned at what we accomplished in in a very short period of time, yet we did spend, like you said, a, a whole part of the morning really getting to the core of how do we expect this team, this group, these individuals to solve these problems or, or think forward that um, we had to identify all of that. And it was just, it was a wonderful process and I would encourage anybody today in business, as Ruth mentioned, Ruth is the founder of the Urban Group, that, you know, now is the time to start thinking strategically. Right. And it's coming through the recession. We did experience a lot of those problems or issues or challenges. And the team that came through it with you has, uh, if you're the owner, has a different idea of how we're going to get to the future. Right, and also how you're going to handle the challenges in the future should you experience, let's God forbid, experience a recession like we experienced. But what were the lessons even learned from that that can help the organization in the future? Strategic planning, but as you guys have learned, it's not the, the easy stuff. I want to talk about the hard stuff. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. Hello, my name is Sarah Tony, and I'm the Development Director for Notable Music Therapy Services. I want to tell you about a great event that's coming up on January 30th, the Evening of Romance, a Winter Masquerade. It's going to be at 8 p.m. at the Atlantis Grand Ballroom, and it's going to have the Reno Jazz Orchestra with David Hayes. The Notables are performing, along with the dancers of the Ballroom of Reno. It's going to be a wonderful night of music, dance, and celebrating community. Please come join us at the Evening of Romance Winter Masquerade Ball. It's Saturday, January 30th at the Atlantis at 8 p.m. Please come join us and you'll have a great time. This is John Crockett, Managing Librarian of the Sierra View Library. This is Jeff Scott, Director for the Washoe County Library System. This is Debbie Steers, Resources Librarian at Washoe County Library System. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. The Sherry Hill Show was fantastic. High-level thinkers listen to The Sherry Hill Show. If you have comments about today's show or any questions, please email sherry at sherryhillshow.com. At the end of the day, what's every business trying to do? Grow. More customers, more sales, positive cash flow, larger deal sizes, higher volume, more billable hours, and so on. Growth is why you're in business, to build or create something bigger than yourselves. Because if you're not growing, you're shrinking. 
With that being said, you don't want to focus on growth for growth's sake because realistically, growth is just the means to the end. Your desire to grow must match up with your vision for your organization. Rapid growth, incremental growth, or maintaining the status quo require specific strategies. My guest, Ruth Urban, founder of the Urban Group, believes in giving back to her community. Ruth has been a founding member of and served on many local nonprofit boards and professional organizations. Ruth obtained the Certified Professional Facilitator designation in 2004 from the International Association of Facilitators and is the first one in the state of Nevada to hold this prestigious designation. Her many years of experience in conflict resolution and management are an asset in facilitating in-depth and meaningful group discussions, strategic planning, and organizational development. To find out more, visit her website, ruthurbangroup.com. So Ruth, to most of us, the thought of articulating a long-term strategy that is both visionary and practical seems an overwhelming task. I know, based on firsthand knowledge, that the approach you used moved our board of directors in just one day from no plan to getting the entire organization pointed in the same direction. So talk about how you, through your urban approach, helps organizations strategize for growth. Okay, I'm very happy to do that because I have a process that I use that's really tried and true and has worked in every situation, every organization that I've applied it to. And it really is um, creating a shared vision and then the steps beyond that uh, that really lay out the plan for the organization's next year or two years or three years. So it starts really with um, an organizational assessment. And I first do an interview either in person or a survey confidential with the key personnel or board of directors um, or key personnel and board of directors to really drill down with them in a confidential setting um, what they see as some of the challenges for the organizations, the organization. Then I bring that information, keeping confidentiality in terms of what were the themes that came out of those surveys or interviews, and share that with the organization um, without any identifying information, and then ask the organization to, and I often ask them to start with, you've got to get the right people in the room. So you're getting the board of directors in the room. You're getting some key staff people in the room. You're really asking them to identify beforehand who are the key people that really need to help work on the strategic plan and who are the people that are going to deliver the plan. So you can't have people at the very top level of the organization doing the planning and and plan things that are totally unrealistic for the people in the trenches to deliver. So you really have to get the key people in the room to start with and know who they are um, from the top level to the people in the trenches um, because that's where you get the best cross-section of ideas. 
So I'd have to say first that's the first step. And then the second step would be me doing the confidential interviews and or the survey. Then once you get the people in the room and you're starting the strategic planning process, it's helping them do an organizational assessment. And that organizational assessment is very similar to a SWOT analysis. And for people who don't know what that is, that strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, I use it in a little different way. And I ask the organization to identify the accomplishments, to identify the lessons learned, to identify the challenges that are facing the organization, and then to identify really the strengths they have to bring in to uh, tackle those uh, challenges that they're facing. I also ask them to do with that a PEST analysis, and a PEST analysis is stands for political, economic, social, and technological factors. So what are what is the current political climate that affects and impacts their organization? Um, what are the economic factors that may be tax implications? It may be for nonprofits, their ability to get grants or their ability to get donor support. Um, the social factors, you know, has there been an increase in um, the population within their area and their ability to attract new clients um, or new business? Um, what's the public sentiment about the business that they're in? Um, and then what are the technological impacts? Um, you know, are they up with the current technology? Are they up with what's happening with social media that impacts all businesses and nonprofits? Um, have they investigated the new ways of doing business that could be uh, expand their reach of clients and um, expand their reach of donors, for example? So that's part of doing that organizational assessment. Then I asked them to create a shared vision. In the case of the organization that you were involved in, Sherry, that um, you saw the strategic planning process, that organization had already created their vision uh, the year before, so we used that vision that they created to help drive then the strategic directions. So at that point, once the, the organization creates her shared vision, I mean, I have a process for creating that that I use. And then I ask them to identify what they need to do to accomplish that vision. So they often do that in a brainstorming session as a private brainstorm and then in the small groups and then bring that into the larger group. And then I ask them to categorize those ideas. And they are able to label those categories, and that becomes their strategic direction. So that really is their plan, is identifying those strategic directions. And then we drill down from that um, in terms of are these directions doable? Are they realistic? And then what are the steps? What is the key component of each one of these strategic directions and what needs to be done first. And then if there's time within the process, I ask them to analyze the obstacles and set the priorities in terms of the actions that need to take place. And then we develop an action 
timeline in terms of starting really with what's the most achievable key component of the strategic direction that is going to have the biggest impact and the easiest to achieve. And that's often what they choose, uh, the organization chooses to start with. So this process takes a full day. You don't have a complete strategic plan at the end, but you have the beginnings of a strategic plan. So you've got the strategic directions identified, and you have the at least one action item from each strategic direction that you've identified and know what you're going to do and who's going to be responsible, who's going to be accountable, and how they're going to be held accountable. Right. Well, you take us from the, the macro world, the big stuff, and then it, mm-hmm. that's what I mean. That process was so amazing, what we accomplished in one day, because we, we talked about, like you said, the opportunities. And, and what that also does is it really moves the energy in the room into a positive place, because all that right. hard stuff, the, you know, I don't like Susie because she won't answer the phone on the first ring. You know, all that stuff is already done before you step into the strategic planning meeting, right? Right, right. And so you don't spend time on that. It's really the bigger picture, where are you trying to get to, and then your process of how you literally drilled us down into here's the top four, five, not a lot of priorities. You don't want a whole bunch, right? We want things we can accomplish. And usually organizations, you know, come up between four and six uh, strategic directions that they need to focus on because most of the issues really can be categorized into, um, you know, those strategic directions. So it's usually about four or six. Right. Four to six. And yeah. then, yeah, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, now when you come together and you, and you look at this and you go, we have these strategic directions, now when we start and you start to ask those, those questions of how are we going to accomplish that, we're all on the same page instead of the typical where I walk into the room and I have all the answers, but I don't even know what the problem, the opportunity, the situation is, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, often organizations, you know, I have to laugh, think that you can create a full strategic plan in a day, including, you know, that their five-year plan in one day. That, you know, that's impossible. It's a process. And so often I get the organization started on their way. They have their strategic directions. They have at least one action plan. I give them the format to be able to complete the rest of the action plan. Um, and, you know, go from there and help them understand it's a process. They need to form a strategic planning committee. That committee, you know, sometimes it's the board and sometimes it's a combination of the board and uh, staff or it's the top management and middle management and some um, of the supervisors of a large organization. Um, So, it is a cross-section of people who are on that strategic planning committee so that they can continue that process. And the process is not only continuing to plan, but part of that, and the large part of it, is holding people accountable for what they promised to do. Because, you know, it's sort of like, you know, the joke in the, in the consulting world is that strategic plans were just shelfware. They just went on a shelf and they did nothing. Someone could say, well, we have a strategic plan, 
but it was just sitting on a shelf. It needs to be a fluid document that is worked on and perfected and continuously growing and evolving. That's perfect, because that's the key segue into the final segment. So we have to go to break. We come back, and that's exactly what I want to learn from you. How do we keep this going? We'll be right back. This is Ruth Urban from Henderson, Nevada. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she gives so much back to the community. Sherry Hill is the best. Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own? Or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? Well, first, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should? like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes. For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put the proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started on the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. I'm Brian Cassidy, owner of Junk King Reno. We know you like a clean house and a clean yard, but sometimes things are too big, too heavy, or too much. That's when you should call us Junk King Reno. We're the professionals in the junk and rubbish removal business. Our team comes to your home to pick up what you need to dispose of. You don't need to gather and haul it to the curb. We recycle and donate everything possible before we visit a landfill. We're fully insured and bonded. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK. Junk King Reno, locally owned and operated. This is Mark Eason, acoustic guitarist and vocalist with the Notables Band. I'm on the Sherry Hill Show next weekend. This is Sarah Tony, Development Director at Notable Music Therapy Services. I'm on the Sherry Hill Show next weekend. Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 8 a.m. on 99.1 FM Talk. Great talk and great local music right here in Northern Nevada. Tune in to the Sherry Hill Show next weekend. If you missed any part of today's show and would like to listen to the podcast, please visit SherryHillShow.com. Let me say very clearly that being strategic isn't a thing you do. It's not an isolated process that you undertake for an hour or a day and then put the results on a shelf and go back to your real life. To my way of thinking, being strategic means consistently making those core directional choices that will best move you toward your hope for future. The key word, of course, is consistently. Ruth Urban, founder of the Urban Group, has been a community leader in Southern Nevada for more than 20 years. She is a certified personal facilitator, as well as being a member of the Organizational Development Network and the American Society of Training and Development. Her work is rooted in tapping the wisdom in the room and facilitating processes and conversations that improve organizational health and functioning and providing customized training to equip leaders and employees with the skills they need. Find out more, go to ruthurbangroup.com. So Ruth, 
Let's talk about the fact that life is never static. It's filled with a variety of variables and curveballs. So how do you assist the organizations that you work with to stay strategic? There are many curveballs that organizations that I work with face. Oftentimes, we'll help them look at sort of their history and what they've done in the past to address some of these issues and what they can pull from their experience and their lessons learned to address them in the future. Um, And helping them really have a solid foundation and a strategic direction with a process that they know they can rely on to address some of these issues. So it helps them if they have a process to use to do the analysis when they have a curveball and then use some of the principles that I've helped them learn to apply when a curveball comes their way. Right. Well, and, and a lot of this is mindset, right? I mean, as you and I were talking about during the break is, you know, what is everybody in business? I mean, the the challenges, the problems, the issues, a lot of them are people problems, right? I mean, it it's so you see this and as organizations change, new employees come on, different management steps in. I mean, this isn't something you did 2 years ago, like you said, it's dusty on the shelf. It really becomes a mindset and a way that you help understand that the strategic planning is a process, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's a process, and it needs to be ongoing, and it needs to be able to, um, you know, engage the wisdom within the strategic planning, you know, committee or group, um, and help them to realize they may need to reach out to others that are part of the organization to see if what they're thinking and their strategies are workable and doable and achievable. So it really helps when they have the key stakeholders involved in the process and can expand it to include others that may need to then really deliver the strategies, not just those who are creating the strategies. It needs to be a, you know, a partnership with those that are delivering the strategies as well as those that are that are accountable at the very top. Well, and as you were talking about in the last segment, before we had to go to break, you know, you help organizations really look at the big picture and really come up with the strategic direction, but the actual plan, the tactics, you know, we need to go by desk and who's accountable. We talked just Uh briefly about accountability. And so in that process where you've come in and helped us identify the direction, how do you continue to work with these organizations, whether for-profit or non-profit, to go, how did we get to the goal? Right. And I think, you know, a key piece that they have to understand is the strategic plan is what, you know, they're going to do. The tactical plan is how they're going to do it. And helping them understand the steps involved to achieve the tactical plan um, so they can deliver on the strategic plan is important. And, you know, really having some defined dates by which they want to do the tactical plan, who's responsible, how the people who are responsible are going to be held accountable. 
um, is very, very important because what tends to happen is people uh, or organizations don't really use it as a living, breathing document and keep circling back. They need to keep circling back, and that's what they often don't do, is to how we're doing on this point and this point and this point. How are we doing on each of these pieces of the plan, and are we meeting our goals? How are we measuring our goals, and are we achieving what we're hoping to achieve within the time frame? Is the time frame realistic? Is it not realistic? Do we need to move it out? Do we need to move it in? Do we need to put different people on this project? Um, so it's all part of strategic planning is the piece after the plan is done for it to be successful. That's part of creating a better organization. To move now when people go, oh, we need to have a meeting because, you know, part of our pet peeves are ineffective meetings. Everything you just said, you know, how are we doing? That's what your meeting is about, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's going to, back to the basics that I do with organizations is, you know, I've often sat in on some of their meetings and, um, you know, ask them if I can, and then I can give them some pointers of how they can improve their meetings. And I see some general things that don't happen in organizations is that, they often don't keep track of what happens in the meeting. And it's not just a matter of keeping minutes. I'm talking about an action plan. Who's going to be responsible at the end for these things that you discuss that need to be achieved? What is the time frame they need to do them in? And how do you want it reported back? And then that needs to be brought back to the next meeting. Um, often people don't keep track of any of those things. So the frustration that uh, staff has is that we just keep talking about the same things over and over and over again and nothing gets done. And that's oftentimes because the leader, whether it's a committee leader or it's the CEO of a company or the chairman of the board, is whoever's holding that meeting doesn't keep track of what's been decided, puts a time frame on it, a person who's responsible, and how it's going to be reported back. Right. Anybody who's ever sat through a professionally facilitated strategic planning session, you walk out of there motivated and energized and excited because there's direction, and then the fallout, month one, two, three, and beyond, when, as you said, nobody's holding everybody accountable for everything you just put all your heart and soul into, this strategic plan, that that becomes a demotivator, and pretty much you're just back to where you started. Right. And, and the other piece is, is that they don't know how their accomplishments are going to be measured. So that you need to know how you're going to know if you achieved what your goal is. How is it going to be measured? And helping identify that, and that's also part of the accountability. Right. Is looking at the right things, not just, oh, yeah, I got that taken care of. Well, how do we know you got that taken care of? And what is it that you can show in terms of what we want to see? Well, and, and you talk about, you know, and I've talked about this before, is, you know, work is like a game. How do we know if we're winning the game? So how, yeah. <laughs> how are we celebrate? How do we know, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and you said, how do we celebrate? And that's part of, you know, also strategic planning is building in, you know, acknowledgement and celebrations of accomplishing the pieces in your plan. Um, because that just adds to the energy and the morale of the organization is to, you know, it's a success and you need to celebrate those successes. Exactly. And however that works in your business, your company, your nonprofit, that's for you to decide. But bottom line, if I, you know, spend a lot of time and really understand the direction and I never have the gauge to know, are we on track? Are we off track? Are we, do we even care anymore? Then that feeds all into why so many people that work in organizations are disengaged. Right. And, and you started the segment with people. It's all about the people. And people who feel appreciated and acknowledged for their work um, will work, you know, twice as hard and really achieve, help your organization achieve its goals because they feel that they are appreciated for their work. Um, And I see within organizations, oftentimes, that element is totally gone, where um, people don't feel appreciated, they don't feel acknowledged um, for going the extra mile, for accomplishing what uh, their goals are. There's no um, acknowledgement of that. And that really, you know, creates morale problems. Yes. And nobody wants to go to work when there's morale problems. Ruth? You work with people all over the country. I do. I do a lot. I like to keep a lot of my work local, but I do work across the country. And so anyone that wants to find out more or talk directly to you, because she is a professional. I mean, the first one in the state to have the designation of a professional facilitator, right? And so you have a lot of experience. You have just, I mean, as I stated earlier, I was blown away when I went through the whole process with you, how much we accomplished. It wasn't even eight hours. It was about six hours. What we accomplished for an organization that I'm on the board for, and it was mind-boggling how concise and everything that we walked out of there with because of your professional facilitation. So thank you for that. A phone number if somebody wants to reach out. 702-768-8529. Thank you so much for having me as your guest. We'll catch up next week. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show and tune in next week, same time, same station for the Sherry Hill Show.